Real quick, I gotta let you in on a testing secret. With regulations and breaches on the rise, production data is no longer safe or legal for developers to use. And creating test data in-house is a complex chore that eats away valuable time. That's where Tonic comes in. They make it possible to create a true mirror of production by safely and realistically mimicking production data. So you can work on real product and steer clear of surprises at release time. Learn more at tonic.ai slash code story. This is a big problem right now in the world. I call it the junior problem. People who are fresh grads or people with just little to no experience, they struggle to find their first position in, in tech companies. Even though they may be very talented, they just didn't have the opportunity to prove themselves yet. When we, we will zoom out a little from this problem, there's a bigger problem. The juniors of today, they are the seniors of tomorrow, right? Those people are in dire need of finding a job. My name is Barak Glantz, and I'm the co-founder and COO of Cody.tech. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. It's six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the backhand. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. Most proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really It's want it. It's not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart. And today, how Barack Lance took his beliefs and practice and built a new platform to help you learn how to code. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open-source edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there, too. Terso makes this easy, utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Hey guys, quick pro tip. You can sign up for Cody, the product from today's interview, and save 20% with the promo code CODESTORY. All caps, all one word. Again, using promo code CODESTORY. Barack Lantz is 26 years old and has done quite a few things in his life. He served in the Israeli Navy prior to jumping into the professional world. He worked for Meta as a student and has had a few impressive startup failures in different sectors. Outside of tech, he's a rock climber, weightlifter, and likes to play chess. He mentioned that he beat someone in 10 moves before, but attributed it to the mistakes of his opponent. A year and a half ago, Barack and his childhood friends shared the personal struggle of learning how to code online. What they noticed was that the current solutions didn't offer helpful ways to practice building real-world projects. So, they built their own. 
This is the creation story of Cody. It all started about a year and a half ago. Me and two of my childhood friends, Kevin and Nathaniel, we all shared a personal struggle from the past when we tried to learn how to code online. And we figured out that even after you put a lot of time and effort into learning to code, most of the online platforms which teach you how to code, they lack all of the practice needed to actually do something yourself. So we built Kodi. It's an online platform focused on teaching code in a practice-driven way. And on top of that, we took a lot of inspiration from, from Duolingo. I really love what they did to the language learning sector. And very si- similarly, I want to do the same thing to the code learning sector. All of the platform, all of code is fully gamified with things like streak, achievement, leaderboard, and so on and so forth. And our objective is to turn code learning into a daily habit rather than something like, like I usually call a goal-oriented learning where people just take a course online because they want to become a data scientist or something like that. And then they churn out after two or three months. And we just want to build something more fun and more fit to become a daily habit. That's our goal. Let's dive into the MVP then for Cody. Tell me about that first product you built. How long did it take to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? Since it's not our first startup, we knew that you should begin with the very, very minimal version of what you have in your vision. Just a few features that brings uh, even a little bit of value to to your uh, target audience. And what we did is that we built an integrated compiler for Python, meaning that people can compile code online on on our uh, website. And we paid on Fiverr to someone to create a short Python course for beginners. And then we just sent it over to to people to try it out. Slowly, in small measured steps, uh, we added more content and more features and support for more uh, uh, languages and libraries. By the way, it was all completely free back in the day, a year and a half ago, right? All of the purpose of it was to just make sure that there's demand for what we're building. Let's stay on the MVP for a minute. I'm curious about decisions and trade-offs you had to make in that MVP. You're alluding to a few at a high level. Maybe maybe dive into some really important ones around, you know, maybe feature cut or focus or technical debt or technical, you know, uh, choices and how you coped with those decisions. What, what we try to do is to always focus on, on giving value rather than just building something that will be hard to mimic. We just wanted to measure how much demand there is to what we're building and what works well, we build more of. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. 
With CypherStash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero-trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, CypherStash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. Then you've got your MVP. It's working. You're getting some traction. You're seeing it come to life. How did you progress and mature the product from there? And to wrap that in a box a little bit, what I'm looking for is how you built your roadmap and how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Cody. We participated in a startup accelerator in, in Tel Aviv, Sigma Labs by Sorona Partners, if you've heard of it. And we've had a marketing expert over there mentoring us. And, and what he said is that what you need to do is to listen to the user. It's not enough to just do what, what seems best. You need to actually look at the data, look which, which topics are gaining more usage and which features are being used more often. We also ran polls to ask them what, what the users want to, us to do next. I think the most important thing we, we did, it was a, like a giant leap for the company, is when we plugged in the billing system. For six months, everything was completely free, as I mentioned before, and it was good just to build it and to make sure that we're building something that the market actually needs. But eventually, you need to make sure that people are willing to spend money on it. But having said that, you want people to be able to use the product freely. What we did is that we kept everything completely free for everyone around the world, but we put a limitation over the daily usage, meaning that if you just want to spend half an hour per day on learning to code, that, that's just fine. And that's the vast majority of our users. But the power users, the people who wants to experience code learning without limitation, two or three hours per day, and there, there are some users like that, those are the people who convert to premium. And even that, we put a very low price tag on, $10 per month. When we plugged in the billing system, that's when we noticed what makes people 
make a purchase. I took a lot of inspiration from, from Big Brain by Monday. Big Brain is an internal tool that Monday developed just so they can integrate and analyze all of the data that they collect in, in Monday. We listened to them speaking in a podcast and it gave us inspiration to build Rapid site, which is what is big brain. It's exactly the same, but it, it's also completely different than big brain. It, it, it helps us reach those mentioned data-driven decisions, but with everything that we care about. Not, it's not a tool that we could get anywhere else. And even though it took us a lot of time to, to specify exactly what we need there and to build this whole rapid site product, it's like a new product that doesn't exist, right? It's a big thing to do for the future of the company. Let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team? And what do you look for in those people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you? There's me, Nathan and Kevin, the founding team. We are fully bootstrapped, meaning that we don't have investors with suits telling us what to do or anything like that. Each, each month we are getting more money than we spend, so we, we don't really need the funding and we don't really need it to recruit any employees as of now. We have some advisors, but it's not like full-time employees. More importantly than considering which would be your first workers, I think it's more importantly to decide about the founding team. Each of us have different expertise, so we are fulfilling each other. I have more experience with handling money and speaking to people. Nathaniel is very good with everything related to, to building the product, and Kevin is an expert with everything related to data research. For that matter, I, I think that we're the perfect team uh, for the job. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vassell edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for CodeStory listeners. Head over to terso.tech CodeStory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech CodeStory. Terso. Welcome to the Data Edge. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. Let's flip to scalability then. 
And this will be interesting. Did, did you build this to scale efficiently from day one or with scale in mind? Or are you fighting this as you grow and gain traction? Our vision is, is to be like uh, a, a giant company, right? So uh, scale is a, is a big thing to, to think about. And from day one, we kept that in mind. To be honest, even though a lot of people uh, uh, told us that we shouldn't think of scale from day one, it's okay to just build something that works and people will use it. And on the way, you can uh, support stuff to help it better scale. We made sure that all of the necessary technologies are being integrated just so when the product will be used by thousands of people or even more daily, like now, it will easily handle all of that without costing us a lot of money. You can say that we thought of the scale from day one. As you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I think the thing I'm most proud of is the, the way I work with, the, with my partners, Kevin and Nathaniel. The product changed quite a bit ever since we, we started. As I mentioned, we are trying to be a data-driven company and we don't get in love with every idea, right? We experiment with things we think would be good and if they're not good, we just switch to something else. We started the company when we were all students, right? The moment when we saw that it's something serious, all of us quit our jobs and became full-time entrepreneur, even though it's quite scary. We all had promising careers in Meta and Intel, and it was a big step, and we all did it together, and I think this is the thing that I'm most, the most proud of. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. Back in the day, we when we participated in, in Sigma Labs, the accelerator, a lot of, uh, of people, like very experienced businessmen, they told us that our product is more fit to be a B2B platform rather than a B2C, meaning that they told us that we better sell, sell this to uh, big companies to, to help them upscale their employees' uh, skills and or uh, help code camps in the US to, to have a better platform to teach their students. We actually listened to them, even though deep inside we knew this is a mistake because our vision was to be a B2C company all along. When a lot of experienced businessmen are telling you to do something else, we lost our confidence and we listened to them. And we actually tried to sell the product when it wasn't ready to a lot of American institutes. And it was just a waste of time, essentially. It was like three months that we didn't sell anything and it just delayed the date in which we finally plugged in the billing system. About four months ago, we did started selling the product to American universities, right? Computer science faculties. And now it's working really well. But a year ago when we tried to do that, before the product was ready, it was just a waste of time. We needed to focus on uh, improving the product before we started reaching out. Okay, this will be fun to ask, and it's always fun to hear from the founder's perspective and hear the passion. Tell me what the future looks like for Cotty, the product, and for your team. 
We are fully bootstrapped and still growing by around 20% per month in terms of newly acquired customers. And it's going really well. And even though investors are reaching us with their curiosity, we are still considering the next move. As of now, we're not really in need of external funding. Our vision is to become a platform with millions of, of users. After we will have so many users, we will be able to, to notice which people are actually becoming good coders. When we can spot those really talented people, we will be able to connect them with interested tech companies. And this is a big problem right now in the world, especially in Israel, but I know it's a big problem in the rest of the world too. I call it the junior problem. People who are fresh grads or people with just little to no experience, they struggle to find their first position in, in tech companies. Even though they may be very talented, they just didn't have the opportunity to prove themselves yet. And when we, we will zoom out a little from this problem, there's a bigger problem. The juniors of today, they are the seniors of tomorrow, right? Those people are in dire need of finding a job. So when we will have all of the data of people learning to code, we will easily be able to find them a job. The companies need uh, people to, uh, to fill their positions and uh, juniors need places to, uh, that they will accept them for their first job, etc. Let's switch to you, Barack. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. I really like Duolingo. I was never a user of Duolingo, but I like more of the I like their their business approach. So you can say that the person I look up to is Luis Vonal, the founder of, of Recaptcha and Duolingo. This person did something great. He disrupted the, the of the language learning sector. I think that with today technology you can do the same with code learning. So yeah, that, that's what we're trying to do and definitely take a lot of inspiration from this guy. Last question, Barack. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. They can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? Not to give up. The first thing is to not to give up and also not to fall in love with, with a specific solution. Entrepreneurs, we were problem solvers, right? Thing is with problem solving is that the, the main thing you're tackling here is the problem. It's not like you're working on a specific solution and you must do specifically that. Even though a lot of the times as a founder, you think that a specific thing is the thing you must do, but it's not like that at all. You gotta try a lot of ideas and experiment them and continue with what works best. So even if that person that you told me about on the plane thinks that he's just onto something, the next best thing that will change the world, I will advise that guy to make sure that he's building something that actually gives value and that people are willing to spend money on it before they continue with it or before they give up on it because it's also hard. Oh, and also, also an advice. Be a full-time founder. 
it's not the same if you are doing a job on the side. And I'm saying that from experience. I wasn't such a good founder when I worked for Meta. It's very hard to do both things simultaneously. And the, the money will come. It, do, it, doesn't, uh, it shouldn't bother you. If you're a founder, you will find a way to, to make the money eventually. Also, investors will look up to founders who are, doing, who are taking it seriously and quitting their old jobs. So I've heard at least. So that's another good tip. Both great sets of advice. Well, Brock, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of Cody. Thanks. Thank you for having me. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.